What's up everybody, it's Dan Binder Boneyard coming at you from the office desk of disaster. Um, sorry this one's so late, it is Saturday, I am recording this on Saturday for your Saturday, hopefully you can get it out today. Um, it has been a week, uh, Tom has been on vacation all week, I think he left Tuesday or something, so um, I have been having to run around like crazy trying to do everything myself. Uh, Jamie only works a couple hours a day and she has Thursdays off. So that fucks up my whole schedule and the way I function and everything else. And then, God damn, it's just been a, it's been a week. So I'm sorry for this one being so late. Um, hopefully you can find it in your heart to forgive me. Uh, if not, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> So it has been cold. It's been snowy here uh, off and on. Um, no real accumulation, but it's just been snowing and generally gross. Um, <clears throat> so, oh, what's going on? Birthday cruise, March 16th through the 19th, 2019. Um, some developments have occurred. I have gotten rid of the 56 pickup um, that I was going to do this cruise with. Um, but never fear, I have acquired another 56 pickup. So I'm going to try and see what I can get done on that one. Um, if I don't run in that in the 56, um, I'll probably do the cruise in another international I have, whether it be a scout or, um, I got a couple other trucks that I would take on that run or, or whatever. <clears throat> I'll come up with something. I'm going to try hard to not do the cruise in the black truck because I think that would be cheating. Uh, even though it is international, whatever. Um, uh, you know, I'd like to cruise it in something with some a little more style, but uh, we'll see. Anyway, that's about it for the calendar right now. Um, got some hauls coming up, um, whatnot, but... Anyway, um, thank you everyone for tuning in, for listening. Uh, I'm getting more and more feedback from people. Uh, I took a call this morning. Guy uh, <clears throat> needed help putting a rear window glass in, you know, mentioned that he listened. He didn't actually say <laughs> who he was. So whoever you were that called, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm glad that you listen and that you like it. So uh, all you guys that give me good feedback and, and like and share and tell your friends and, and all that, it, it all helps. I noticed the, the subscriptions have slowed down uh, some, so I'm sure the, the core audience is getting saturated. But, you know, feel free to, to tell your friends, to share it, to like it. Go on those Facebook pages and, you know, mention it that what we what we got going on here you know and you can listen to this thing on all the platforms uh, soundcloud and itunes and you know um all the various listening apps and stuff i know there's a couple we're not on but that's because they charge us to be on there and uh, i already spend money on the production of this thing and i i don't want to go out of pocket anymore um patreon is a good place where you guys can um, donate and support this this whole thing um, you know right down to a, a dollar a month like it's just a subscription whatever you kick down a dollar a month and uh, yeah uh, every little bit helps um, 
I'm not asking you to do it. That's it's purely voluntary. You know, I'm just providing this free service. <laughs> and uh, if you guys want to say thank you, you can. If not, you know, I'm sure you'll buy something later. Um, put in a big T-shirt order yesterday, so we should have shirts available in about 10 days. So I'm hoping to have it before, of course, have it before Christmas. Um, some pretty fucking sweet stuff. The Boneyard logo, the new logo with the travelette on it. Uh, that's going to be on the back. And then the Triple Diamond um, Boneyard logo, the old original one on the front corner pocket area. Uh, we also have hoodies. We'll have women's tank tops. Did not put in an order for thongs. So next round we'll do thongs. Thongs and beanies um, for all you, you know. Julio's thongs for men. If that's uh, if anybody <laughs> remembers that from Talladega Nights, <laughs> when that's the only sponsor they could get. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> now, now all I can think about is that movie. Oh, all I got is a duffel bag full of underwear and sweet sticky weed. <coughs> anyway, sorry, got off track there. Thank you guys for sitting through this while I fucking laugh to myself like a serial killer. Um, going back to some of the stuff that I posed a question last week about what topics people want to hear on the podcast and there was the do's and don'ts and the where to buy them where to find them where to you know look for deals whatever uh i'm not gonna do a a do episode right now um that's a a list i'm still putting together but um we're gonna talk about suspension a lot of guys have questions about suspension and it's to me i guess i just take it for granted i've been in this so long that it's not rocket science it's not i mean it's some of the oldest shit in the book um i mean leaf springs have been around since the the 1800s um you know fucking buggies coming across the the plains had leaf springs so oh man that's good monster um, so you'll see, you know, I see a lot of people ask questions about the leaf springs and the, you know, best way to put them together. You know, the early setups were the little, like on the eighties and eight hundreds, they were real thin, like inch and three quarters wide, um, which thin springs like that are narrow, I should say narrow springs, um, it takes a whole bunch of them in a pack to support a load. So you'll see in like the the S and R series trucks, um, especially that like the four wheel drive S series, S one twenties, one thirties, one forties. They were also inch and three quarters wide, but they had like thirty leafs in a pack. You know, they were a foot thick, um, and that's just because that's what they were making them out of. Even the big trucks. Um, You'd see two inch wide springs and still have a, a pack, you know, that was a foot deep with an auxiliary pack that was eight inches thick. So in the early days, I think they 
just didn't quite have springs figured out. Um, and you'll see like in the V8 800s when they didn't know, they were just band-aiding everything together and they were just adding more leafs to the front spring packs to support the weight of that, that V8. And, um, which they got smart later and, you know, with the Scout 2s and the pickups, they went to wider. So Scout 2s have two-inch wide springs, uh, and they're longer. And, you know, there's only five or six leaves in a pack on a Scout 2. Um, or like in the pickups, travel-alls, uh, those are two and a half inches wide, like a Chevy or GM. And uh, they're, you know, the four-wheel drives are shorter and I don't understand that the rationale in that, um, but the four-wheel drives were shorter with a little more arch, so they rode rougher, but they carried more weight. Um, and then the two-wheel drives were longer and had they were a little flatter, which rides better. Um, so spring design, and I know this might make sense to some guys, but if they have a big arch, big fucking smiley face arch they're gonna ride rough because they just it takes a lot of force to bend that arch out you know because that's what's happening when you hit a bump you carry a load the the weight pushing down or the axle traveling up tries to flatten the spring out so if you already have a flat spring or mostly flat spring it's going to ride very nice because it's going to absorb the the bump. Um, it's just going to take it really, really nice because it's not going to take a lot of force to, to arch it out. Um, you never want your springs to bend backwards. You never want negative arch, at least not for very long. That's how you uh, you start breaking springs. Uh, you'll see like all the manufacturers, um, stock setup, stock trucks, the bump stop, uh, especially on the rear end, is set up to stop the axle travel at just a couple of degrees past over arch. Uh, and that's to help keep the springs from, from breaking because they will. You arch them backwards and they will break. Uh, not not right away but over time i broke several sets in my early my red 73 that i wheeled um i broke quite a few chevy springs in my 63 my green 63 wheeler um just because i wanted maximum flex maximum articulation and so that you know caused reverse arching and caused some snappy snappy so, um, think about that when you're looking at, you know, um, how you're setting up your suspension and the only, I guess the, um, what would you call that exception or a little bit of a difference is really custom springs, uh, Alcans, Devers, um, Who's the other big one? I can't remember. There's another spring manufacturer out there that makes really high-end springs. Um, and they'll have a huge arch, 
but they're very thin springs and there's a bunch of them in a pack. There's 18, 19 leaves in a pack. Um, not much thicker than stock though. So if you can wrap your head around that, the, the springs are in, are more, um, they're soft, but when you have more in a pack, then it's, it's a much more progressive spring rate and, uh, it rides a lot nicer, flexes nicer, but that's also why those springs are $400 a piece. Um, uh, just like my kit, the kit that I sell for the eighties and eight hundreds, um, it's a aftermarket spring that's extremely long, has a ton of flex, rides really nice, but you know, the whole kit that I put together is $2,200, uh, which is, you know, th almost three times what the IH Parts America kit is with just off the shelf springs. Um, so anyway, um, so that's what you got to think about. You know, if you're looking at springs that have these big arches in them, they're going to ride like shit unless they're a Deaver or something like that. But, um, I believe for Scout 2s, we're going to talk Scout 2 for a second, the best possible lift and ride that you can do, you can get, if you're looking at modifying and lifting, is going to be a spring over on stock springs. I love how they ride, how they handle uh, the lift you get, cause you can get actually get 33s under your scout and not have a bunch of rubbing everywhere. Um, especially with the right wheel combination. So, you know, stock springs are pretty flat. They're pretty soft. Um, so what we do, we take stock springs, clean them up, um, new longer shackles we always use the ih parts america kit uh which are five inch long shackles um so that adds about three quarters of an inch of lift just in the shackle of course new urethane bushings all the way around uh and then do the spring over the rear end's easy weld new perches on front end we use gm an IGM axle that's sprung over already, like they all are, and then narrow it to Scout 2 size, and then change the perch on the one side. And, um, and while I'm doing that, then I set the caster and, and pinion angle and, and everything. It just works out really nice that way. Um, but with the updated bushings and the longer shackles because a longer shackle will give your spring more room to flatten out because um that's what the shackles job is because the spring of course is in a u shape and when it compresses it gets longer uh if you can imagine the geometry in your head as a spring compresses it gets longer so something has to move so that's what the shackle is for. The shackle will swing. So if you have a little tiny two inch long shackle, you're going to exceed its swing uh, before you exceed the travel of the spring. And that happens, I believe that happens with stock Scout 2 shackles is that they're just slightly short and doesn't give quite the same throw length that the springs themselves can travel at, uh, especially old worn out springs, because they move a lot. 
Um, I've had scouts with with really low miles, and they do ride rougher than an old scout with a bunch of miles. Um, the springs are just softer, and they just move more. So um, I like the longer shackle. I like the um, urethane bushings. They just they really firm it up, but yet still let it ride really nice. Um, so with the with the stock shocks, I'm sorry, stock springs, longer shackles, you're going to get more movement. More movement means better ride because now you're absorbing larger bumps with, you know, without the jarring effect because the, the wheel's moving more. Uh, so that's what I really, I really like that setup. And then you run a really good shock, like run no worse than a 5100 series Bilstein. Um, you know, these guys run in the fucking white body ranchos and their RS 9000s with the fucking five dial clicker bullshit on them. Like that's just junk. Um, we've blown up more white bodies instantly, you know, brand new right out of the box ranchos you go hit a washboard <clears throat> gravel road do a little wheeling hit some bumps and they're fucking smoking sometimes so bilsteins uh what we go on for that we consider the bilsteins base model um yeah they're 80 bucks a shock but they're worth every fucking penny um they are just is like out of the box are the best that you can get in my opinion I know some of you guys out there are going to argue about your fucking KYBs and your whatevers. And no, uh, we've run a lot of them and, and I'm really sold on the Bilsteins. If you want to get really serious, step up to like the two inch bodied foxes that are tunable um, or the, the Kings. I would choose King over Fox just because of the, I believe King has better customer support. Um, so, and those are rebuildable and tunable. So you tell them what you got, the weight of the vehicle, your setup, and they can send you some shocks that are set to kind of like a baseline. And then you can run them, send them some videos of you hitting bumps and doing things and send them the shocks back and they will tune them. They will change the valving. They will just more, more rebound, less rebound, more compression, less compression, whatever to get that thing to ride nice. Uh, I've actually been out in the desert a couple of times where they they actually will tune shocks for you while you're there. Like you'll drive past them on a bumpy road, they'll watch what your rig is doing and then pull you pull over, they put you on their little, um, what do they call it? Dolly thing, they pull the shocks off and, and revalve them right there on the spot. Um, now again, these are higher end shocks, these are, three four hundred dollar a piece shocks but when you're talking about the ultimate in ride and suspension handling that's i i believe that's where it's at um so uh, that's my my theory my opinion on on scout two spring overs is, is being the best of the um I would call it entry level suspension system. No, not entry level, but like mid level. Because uh, if you're going to stay sprung over but want an even better setup, I would say cut off all the springs and put on GM, 
like 63 inch GMs in the rear and 56 inch Chevys in the front. Um, that's going to give you about six inches of lift. You probably run 35s pretty easy, but that's requiring a ton of fab work now um, and some head scratching to get everything to work the way it's supposed to. I had 56s on the back and 52s on the front of my old 63 wheeler. And that thing flexed like nobody's business. Uh, yeah, I broke springs, but man, did it ride good, especially with the Bilsteins, and it flexed like a bitch. Like, it just, yeah. I mean, it had mad flex, bro. So <clears throat> if you really want to go that route, so the next level, my opinion, would be aftermarket, or not aftermarket, but but different manufactured longer springs. The, the, the longer the spring is, the better it's going to ride. It's got more distance to travel and absorb those bumps. So, um, you know, think about that. If you want to do a spring over and you, and you know, you're mildly um, uh, inclined at fabrication, you can weld on new spring hangers and that sort of stuff. I would look at doing big lift, big springs like that. Go to this, the 63 inch Chevys, the 56 inch Chevys for the front and uh and you'll really get a ton of articulation out of those way nicer ride a bunch of lift you'll be on 35s so you're gonna start getting kind of you're pushing your axles to the limit pushing your brakes to the limit you might want to think about upgrading to a dana 60 or 14 bolt rear at least a 40 you know keep your 44 up front but um heavier duty shafts um if you're wheeling it that sort of stuff uh, and then you can break into the full Full Monty with like a four link rear with coilovers. Um, don't waste your time, my opinion, again, don't waste your time doing coils and shocks separate. You have a limited amount of packaging back there and you're really gonna run out of room with shocks separate from springs. Um, you're really gonna wanna just try and run a coilover so that you can have nice shocks Anyways, that's what you want. You want nice shocks, so why not run, uh, you know, coilover shock? Um, yeah, they're expensive. You know, a coilover king. Oh man, I think they're like eight hundred bucks a piece. But that's, you know, you're getting a lot for that. You really are. Um, you know, we like the the four link kit from Rough Stuff. It's pretty universal. Uh, you Google four link calculator that will tell you where to place your links uh, in relation to the center line and center of gravity and how much lift you want. There's a ton of variables to enter into the four link calculator, but it will help you place your links um, appropriately. Same with the front. It's hard to do a four link front because of the engine and drive line and all that stuff. So a lot of guys run a three link um, with a pan hard bar or a, um, I refer to it as a long arm style where you've just got two long arms and then on the um, driver's side you have a third arm that attaches back to the main arm on the driver's side and then you have a pan hard bar. Um, that seems to kind of be the best of both worlds and then again run coilovers just for packaging and, and ease of use. Um, that's what I would do if you were going full on, you know, that's a, 
to do, I think the last one I quoted out, to do a four-link rear, three-link front with king coilovers and, uh, you know, out the door, I think it's like 15 grand, 18 grand, just for the amount of stuff that needs to go into it and the fabrication and the labor and everything. It was, it's pretty high end. It's really high end. But what you get out of it is incredible. Um, you know, low center of gravity, amazing ride, tunable to the nth degree. Like it's just the best of everything. And you, you pay for the best of everything. So, um, but I guess what I can give you is some, some tips for you guys with the stock setups that aren't ready for a lift. You just want a better ride. Uh, I would say first and foremost, so for scout twos, um, make sure your, your bushings are in good shape, pull the springs, get rid of those wore out rubber bushings. Um, normally the hardware's fucked anyways. Uh, so throw in a set of urethane energies or prothanes, um, make sure you grease them up good, really good. Um, what I've seen guys do as well is you take the leaf pack apart and take a wire wheel, wire wheel each leaf spring because uh, they're usually got rust and build up in them. Put a new center pin in, put some um, Teflon grease between each leaf spring um, that helps them so they slide on each other better. Um, and then, you know, new bushings, a little bit longer shackle will help with the, the travel. Um, so again, there's that IH parts um, shackle kit that I love so much. Um, you know, do that in the rear, same thing in the front, new bushings, grease up the springs. Um, while you got them apart, put a four degree caster wedge in that will help with the handling and the steering and the drivability as well. Uh, plus if you're putting a longer shackle on, you need to offset that tip that you've given the front end with, um, with some caster. So caster wedge springs. I mean, that's really one of our most basic suspension things we do for customers here when they come in and, and just need a handling update. Um, we just did that on Dave's uh, 79 Scout the other week. Complain about drivability, how terrible it handled and just the way it was. Well, the front bushings were completely shot. Um, the hardware was all egged out and the bolts were about ready to break so we pulled the springs new bushings new hardware four degrees a caster and uh he drove it home from here and it just you know it was like a whole different scout so um that's what i would do for springs and then shocks get the best ones you can afford get get the bilsteins or spring for the foxes and and you will be amazed at how much better they ride there too um, you know, those, just those updates make for a world of difference. And so same for the Scout 80 and 800 guys, you're a little more limited because of how just tiny your springs are, but new bushings, new hardware, take the springs apart, clean them up. And, uh, you know, same thing, good shocks, good hardware that goes a long ways, uh, for the guys that want to keep it stock height but need um better ride whatever 
The other thing you can do is have new springs made. Uh, we have springs made here in, in Portland called, uh, it's a place called Oregon Auto Spring, and they make us brand new factory spec leaf springs. They have the books. They have the international books with the call out for exactly what the spring is supposed to be, the thickness, the rate, all of it. So you can order brand new springs from Oregon Auto Spring with your exact rate. They just need to know some, you know, definite things about your vehicle. Um, but one of the upgrades that we have them do is they actually put Teflon sliders, Teflon pads between each spring. So now those, the tips of the leaves are sliding on Teflon instead of each other. Makes for the uh, incredible upgrade in the ride. Um, just makes for way nicer spring. And then you can have them, you know, then you put in your urethane bushings and, and put them in. And that helps a ton. It does lift the scout slightly, but what a lot of you guys forget is that your scout has been sitting on springs for 40, 50 years and is already flattened out. So a lot of times when guys are like, oh, I don't like it lifted, it's not that you don't like it lifted, it's that you've never seen what it looked like brand new. Um, so, you know, sometimes they're not lifted, they're just back to the height they were. So keep that in mind uh, if you're staying stock aftermarket lift kits pretty much all of them are terrible uh, skyjacker is the best of the bolt-on kits um, the the rough country lives up to its name um, i don't like them at all i know a lot of guys installed them and there's a couple vendors that sell them and I, I don't mean to step on toes but we all know that the rough country kits just ride like a fucking forklift um so save up the extra couple hundred bucks get the skyjacker kit get the good shocks um you'll you know yes they still ride a little rougher because they got a big arch and and they're stiff springs but they're still better than than the rough country um and then like I said, good shocks, go from there. And then, then the next step after that, I believe, would be the spring over. Um, and then, you know, just that's the escalation of it all, in my opinion, depending on your height that you want to get at and the ride you're looking for. Um, if it were me, and I've done this on almost all of the Scout 2s I've ever owned, they immediately get sprung over. Um, that's just the way it is. So anyway... My time is up. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Hopefully it was semi-informative. I did a shit ton of rambling and <laughs> run-on sentences. So um, we might have to touch on this again on another date. Uh, maybe we'll talk about trucks and travel walls or, or something like that. But anyways, appreciate it, guys. Hope you enjoy your Saturday. Thank you for being patient with me. And uh, hopefully you're in the shop working. And don't forget that I appreciate all of you guys. So till next time, it's Dan. Binder Boneyard. Yeah.